And now, America's number one show on pop culture and politics. This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. A great day, the day before our great national holiday of thanks and praise, Thanksgiving Day. Should the uh, new ceasefire that has just broken out in the Middle East that has already been violated by two different rockets sent out from Gaza toward Israel, is that new ceasefire grounds for celebration? Should we be applauding the achievement of Secretary of State Hillary Clinton and of President Barack Obama? Or is this uh, latest uh, halt or at least reduction in the level of fighting and death and destruction in the Middle East just a prelude to more horror. We will be speaking about that with uh, someone who is no stranger to the problem of confronting Islamo-Nazi terror. In fact, he has been wounded in a terrorist attack in the past. We'll be joined by David Rubin, who is a former uh, mayor in uh, in Israel, in the uh, town of Shiloh, which uh, we visited on two different occasions with our Medved Israel tours. A little bit later in the show, we will be focusing on maybe happier issues. Uh, A lot of Americans going to the movies uh, tonight and tomorrow night and uh, over the weekend. Two big new family movies released. We'll be reviewing them both coming up. But uh, first, uh, David Rubin is uh, an extremely interesting guy with a fairly amazing background. He has a new book, which is called The Islamic Tsunami, Israel and America, in the age of Obama. It's posted up at our website at michaelmedved.com. Uh, David Rubin has also been the mayor of the um, city of Shiloh, the town of Shiloh in, in Israel, and a lot of Christians would recognize that as Shiloh. This was the same town, the same location, where the tabernacle stood for 369 years in biblical times, in the times of uh, Joshua and Samuel the prophet uh, Mayor Rubin, it's great to speak with you. Uh, are you joining the celebration over the new ceasefire? Uh, no, it's actually a, a great disappointment uh, for for many of us who were hoping that the terrorist uh, Hamas organization would be would be uprooted from from their uh, from their missile launching sites and from their bomb factories and from their weapon smuggling tunnels in Gaza. Uh, when you say uprooted, uh, do you mean having the same kind of uh, destiny that uh, happened with the old PLO when they were driven out of southern Lebanon and had to go off to Tunisia? Well, uh, f- frankly, I think that, that that might be a very good thing to do, but I, I, don't, I don't see it as, uh, and I didn't see it as being a realistic option at this time. Uh, what I was hoping for at, at a very minimum was that the uh, Israeli government would authorize the ground operation. We, we had 70,000 reservists who were called up for duty, and, uh, and, and they were all brought down to Gaza. They've, they've been amassed at the Gaza border, uh, training and preparing for a ground operation. And at the minimum, what should have been done was to authorize that ground operation, let them clear out all the missile launching pads from Gaza, and then take control of what is known as the Philadelphia crossing, which is the, the, the border crossing between Egypt and Gaza, which is where all of the arms smuggling tunnels are. 
Uh, you know, we, we've been in this movie before in 2009 uh, when we had the first Gaza war, uh, when we, we went in and, and uh, yes, we, we had a few days in, in the ground war in Gaza. Uh, it, was, it was very indecisive. First they were going out and then they were going in. And e- eventually a ceasefire was agreed to then as well. And and with with the same promises that that if they start up the the, the missiles firing a, again, then Israel will go in twice as hard. Uh, well, they they've been firing for several years now, and and over the, in recent months it's been quite heavy. And uh, so finally we reached the point where Israel was supposed to be going in. Well, we didn't go in. And we agreed to this ceasefire where Muhammad Morsi, the Muslim Brotherhood president of Egypt, is determining, is going to be the, the authorizer, determining whether uh, one side or the other has broken the agreement. It's a, it, it, I think it's a, a very serious problem. 1-800-955-1776 is our phone number. Uh, David, do you mind my asking, do you have uh, any family members who were, uh, would potentially have been uh, going into Gaza if there was a ground operation? Well, we, we, we have a, a son who's a reservist, and, and, there, and we had another son who was uh, in the fighting in 2009. Yeah, I, I think you know I have, I mean, I have family members who... Um, are potentially involved, and and in one sense, you're 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 relieved because there were 13 Israelis who were killed the last time. And well, it's a, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say it's 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 a very interesting thing in Israel. I don't think there is a family that that does not have uh, either a close an immediate family member or a close relative uh, who's in the fighting or who or or who could could be hurt in the fighting. And it's sometimes hard to make that distinction between uh, the, the feeling of not wanting a family member to get hurt and, and the, the national responsibility that uh, the, the job of the army, the role of the army is to, is to protect the citizens. The role of the citizens is not necessarily to protect the army. 1-800-955-1776 is our phone number. One of the things that uh, I've spoken about and written about in the last few days, uh, David Rubin, is um, there used to be a slogan, land for peace. And it would seem to me that what has just happened in in Gaza is a perfect illustration of why that is brain dead and destructive and completely the wrong idea, because so many of these problems began when Israel made, I think, probably the, the greatest mistake in policy in the history of the state of Israel in just uh, abandoning Gaza, uh, turning control over to uh, initially it was the Palestinian Authority or Fatah, and uh, now, of course, it's been taken over by Hamas. Um, doesn't uh, Aren't you struck by the fact that there are truly, truly a, a heavy majority of Israelis who today recognize that simply abandoning uh, Jewish communities and uh, leaving Gaza to the control of bad guys was a very big mistake. Well, it was clearly a mistake. We're we're talking about eight years of missiles being fired on Israel, and when, when did those eight years start? When Israel withdrew from Gaza, it was uh, there, there were terrorist attacks before then. 
but but most of the terrorist attacks were just focused on the Israeli communities that were located in Gaza, in the the area that was known as Gush Katif mainly, uh, and so uh, with the withdrawal from from Gush Katif where we had uh, beautiful playgrounds and and parks and and uh, there, there was wonderful creative agriculture there. And uh, all, all of that was destroyed in 2005 when, when Israel decided that a unilateral withdrawal might bring peace. And what has taken its place? Missile launching pads. Uh, that, that, uh, it, that Those very same communities that were very idealistic, peaceful communities have been taken over by, by, by the Hamas and by the Islamic Jihad. And they've been using the, those sites for, for eight years to fire missiles on Israeli cities. Uh, one would think that we would learn from history. And, and when, when we look back at the history of the past uh, few years since the, the, the Gaza confrontation in 2009, uh, we would hope that the prime minister would learn from, from that experience, and the Israeli cabinet would learn from that experience and recognize that it's a mistake to make uh, agreements with those who aren't going to hold that agreement. Your community of Shiloh, how many people live in, in Shiloh now? Uh, we have uh, about 7,000 people in the, the Shiloh township, uh, which we we know as Goose Shiloh, which means Shiloh Township, and uh, and it's growing. It's growing certainly, and there's a lot of building going on right now. As and you know, there a, was. I saw I saw some of it with my own eyes. It's a beautiful community, and and I mention this because this is uh, one of those communities that um, the United Nations and uh, other sources would like to totally dismantle. Um, and we'll get to that and more with David Rubin. He is the former mayor of the Israeli community of Shiloh. Uh, he is reacting, as we all are, to the dramatic news from the Middle East. Is it a triumph for peace or just a prelude to more war? Uh, that and more with your calls coming up. 1-800-955-1776. The Michael Medved Show. That's After the hour on the Michael Medved Show, with the Thanksgiving holiday coming up, you know that the other holidays can't be far behind. A Christmas coming up, Hanukkah coming up, New Year's. Get your house ready, looking stylish, with the best possible window coverings from Blinds.com. And right now, you've got to try out their new face-to-face video chat. It's just as if you had a decorator in the room with you. And you can save right now on their Cyber Week special sale, 15 to 20% on major brands at Blinds.com, where prices crush home improvement store prices. Uh, Speaking with David Rubin, he is uh, an Israeli who was former mayor of uh, the community of Shiloh. Uh, 
a lot of Americans would say Shiloh. It's uh, spelled that way, S-H-I-L-O-H. It is a beautiful community, and we visited it twice with our Michael Medved tours of Israel. And I would urge, by the way, anyone who is going to uh, visit Israel to come for a visit to uh, to this community, which, by the way, uh, don't be put off by the fact that it is in what uh, some people call the West Bank. It is a, a beautiful and, thank God, a secure place to live. Is it not, David Rubin? Uh, yes, we have 24-hour security. Uh, we we keep ourselves quite safe from the surrounding Arab villages that are not always so friendly. And uh, there there are some dangers out on the roads, but whenever whenever a group comes to visit us, they they have protected buses. Yes, as 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 we have. Uh, let us go to Sam in Jersey City, New Jersey. Sam, you're on the Michael Medved show. Um, hi, gentlemen. I appreciate you taking my call. Sure. Um, just want just before I say anything, just want to make clear that I'm not an Arab, nor am I a Muslim, uh, nor am I married or anything to an Arab. So. Um, basically, what I'm saying is, to me, as an outsider, I'm an Italian background, it looks like one Israeli life is worth about a 1,000 Palestinian lives. Because no one, if this was the other way around, where 100 Palestinians were killed in this, sorry, if 100 uh, Jews were killed in this conflict, it would be a complete uproar and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you don't really see in the U.S. media here truly what's going on. I turned on Italian TV. And what I saw on Italian TV, I, I was absolutely disturbed. I sat and cried with my children watching this yesterday. And, and I don't understand that these people in Gaza, yes, it's complete. It's a, it's a very small area, densely populated. They're in a blockade. It's the world's largest prison. And they, they expect them to be able to govern themselves naturally when they have this massive blockade on them. When you, when uh, you mean, say, uh, let me just ask you about this, Sam. What was the impression you were given from Italian TV um, about the nature to, the nature wanted, of the hold on about the nature sure. of the blockade? What what is the na- because I, I can tell you the truth about the blockade. The blockade is there to prevent more weapons from being shipped into Gaza. It does not okay. emphatically prevent food supplies, medical supplies. Or other equipment from getting into Gaza. But I mean, let's let's try to be objective here rather than subjective. Because aren't we as Americans sending the Israelis weapons daily? Wait, wait, wait. If you're if you're what saying, hold on. If you're saying that sending weapons to Hamas is the same as sending weapons to a, a nation of Israel that is a member of the United Nations and that uses those weapons for self-defense, never for offense then I think you're kind of losing perspective. David Rubin. Uh, yes. Uh, um, you know, I'm ca- kind of intrigued by this call because uh, what, what I'm hearing is that uh, he's, he's kind of coming into a situation. It's kind of like he just arrived from Mars and is examining the situation here today on uh, November 21st, 2012, and saying, well, this looks kind of strange. Here we have these people who uh, who haven't had as many casualties, and then the other side that has had more casualties, and we're blaming the side that has had more casualties. I think uh, that, that Sam needs to read up a little bit about the history of Israel and the history of the, the state of Israel and, and the history of the so-called Palestinian people uh, in order to understand what we're talking about here. 
we're we're not talking about an indigenous people that that is being persecuted and forced to live within this little tiny area called Gaza. Okay, we're talking about uh, uh, we're talking about people who were residents of the land of Israel, and they chose to live in Gaza. Uh, that, that and they elected in 2006 uh, in the Palestinian Authority elections. Which, which, according to Jimmy Carter, who is certainly no friend of Israel's, were free and fair elections. Uh, they they elected the Hamas terrorist organization to lead them. Uh, so we're, we're not talking about a, a bunch of angels there. We're we're talking about people who are supporting terrorism, and for the past eight years, we've been suffering from for the past eight years for the past uh, going on going on 20 years we've been suffering from the terrorism uh, that has been inflicted on our civilians uh, from these people who call themselves Palestinians Sam if I, if I can just interject yeah. here and I want to give you a chance to respond sure. if if you were in the position that David Rubin is if you were an Israeli say or if you okay. were an Israeli leader uh, what do you think is the right thing to do uh, well, given the fact that you've already given uh, full control of the area of Gaza to the local Palestinians, given the fact that the so-called blockade uh, is literally, it is only a blockade to stop military uh, materiel from getting into Gaza. You know, they just built, uh, they built two new shopping centers in Gaza. Did you know that? There, there are photographs of it in the world press. You can see it. I mean, the idea that Gaza is the world's biggest prison is frankly propaganda, and I'm surprised that Italian TV would be running it so uncritically. Your response, what should Israel do? Okay, uh, well, first, in, in response to the former mayor, um, I, I respectfully uh, disagree with him, me not knowing up on my history, because um, on the Palestinian side, they can very simply say that the Jews are in their land. To me, as an outsider, I think they're both relatives, they should both be living there together, which absolutely is so horrendous why they can't get along. But, but what I would do, honestly, whether we like it or not, at the end of the day, if it's not today, if it's not next year, or if it's not 10 years from now, Israel is going to be sitting on the table with Hamas. There's no other way around it. They, they, want, they, promoted, they promoted democracy. They want democracy. What happens is democracy, you get the product of what the people want. The people wanted Hamas in Gaza Strip. If it's not today... Maybe it's Netanyahu's son or grandson. At some point, um, a president in Israel will sit down on a table with Hamas. You, 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 under, you, understand, you understand that Israel is willing to do that if Hamas recognizes Israel, uh, renounces there violence. There should be no preconditions because if that's the case— <laughs> how, how do you wait? How, how do you recognize—do you think that the United States should have sat down and negotiated with Osama bin Laden? Well, no, it was clear and simple. Wait, 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 wait. Osama bin Laden was committed to murdering Americans. And Hamas is committed as an item of policy in their charter to murdering Israelis. Unless you renounce violence as a precondition and recognize the right of your opponent to live, there really is nothing to negotiate about, is there? Sam, I appreciate your call and I appreciate the conversation. A few minutes more coming up with uh, the former mayor of Shiloh, Israel, David Rubin.
Michael, you know what? You make a lot of sense. The Michael Medved Show. 34 minutes after the hour on The Michael Medved Show, where it's easy to uh, save 10%, 15%, or even more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is even easier. The uh, ceasefire in Gaza has uh, been going on for about two hours, and uh, so far, at least 12 rockets have been launched into Israel. Uh, so it may not be the perfect arrival of uh, a lasting and durable peace. Uh, David Rubin is a, a mayor, former mayor, of a uh, community that I've visited a couple of times in Israel, uh, the community of Shiloh. Uh, David, are you, aren't you a little bit surprised if that's true, that 12 rockets have been fired so quickly after the ceasefire? Doesn't that make President Morsi of Egypt look bad? Well, as, as, as you mentioned, they're celebrating in Egypt. Uh, I mean, they're celebrating in uh, Gaza. In, in Gaza, And uh, they probably will be celebrating in Egypt pretty soon. Um, they, and this is the way they celebrate? Uh, the way they celebrate is is by shooting. They they shoot into the air, and and sometimes they shoot at people, and that's part of the celebration. Yeah. By the way, this is one of the things we we covered this on the air, David Rubin, and it's very important that folks like Mark, who uh, uh, pardon me, folks uh, who who called in like Sam from Jersey City, New Jersey, um, many of the people who have been highlighted who have died in Gaza, particularly the children, have been killed by the Palestinians because their rockets fall. There have been at least 60 uh, cases that uh, are documented now of firing off rockets that don't make it to Israel, that fall down and hit, and sometimes in highly populated neighborhoods in Gaza. And this one uh, victim who was cradled by the uh, the Egyptian prime minister, um, I think it was uh, Mahmoud Sadlala, was his name, that, that victim very clearly, because he died from shrapnel, and that's what they put, the Hamas puts in its rockets, that's not part of Israeli ordinance. Let's go quickly to Mark in Chicago. Mark, you're on the Michael Medved Show with uh, David Rubin. Hi, you guys. Uh, thanks for taking my call. And I've got three quick things and then a question. No, no, you. you're going to run out of time. you got to get All to right. the question. One, one is, one is um, I, I really think that you know, this is a trial run for Iran to to attack Israel. Two, uh, I, I don't I don't understand you know why Obama is 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 so um, anti-Israel and 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 the question really is you haven't heard this on the media. Why did Israel take out uh, the Hamas leader? You know, in that in that jeep. You know, and and we're not hearing it on the media. There. There was a reason for that, and you know, and and the other thing I wanted to say was I I, I think we should have just I think Israel should have just gone in there and cleaned it out. And, okay, and okay, let's like, get a response like from David Rubin. Rubin said, uh, David, uh, go ahead. Uh, you, is this um, why did Israel decide to uh, take out Ahmed Jabari at precisely this time? Well, that that has been a strategy of Israel's for a long time: targeted killings. Uh, trying to get at the the leadership, uh, the Hamas leadership, and trying to get to to take take out the leaders. I I don't necessarily think that that's the best best policy and the best uh, the best strategy because there's always going to be someone to take his place. 
I, I remember with uh, with Osama bin Laden uh, when there was such a commotion over uh, this amazing accomplishment of killing Osama bin Laden. Well, Al Qaeda has come back uh, ju- just as strong as they ever were. Uh, so, as as evidenced by Benghazi and and other events, but they they took uh, they they took out Jabari just now, didn't they? Because of the increase in in rocket fire uh, that had immediately right. Well, that, that, that was what prompted it. Yes, uh, certainly. Okay, and and uh, uh, let us go quickly to Ali in SeaTac, uh, Washington. You're on the Medved Show with David Rubin. Hi, Michael. Hi. Hi uh, I'm a I'm a listener, frequent listener, and. Like I said, you're you're always impartial with Israel. But my question is, um, what what do you and Mr. Rubin and other Israelis want the Palestinians? I, I'm not to do? an Israeli. Uh, I know, you, well, whatever. You're you're a no, no. I'm just not whatever. I'm not an Israeli. Michael, I'm an American. Michael, all your audiences know that you're really a big Israeli supporter. So yes, I am. Uh, but by the NBA. by the way, by the way, Mitt Romney's a big Israel supporter. He's not Israeli either, and it's it's hateful. You have to understand, Ali to say that I am Israeli because my brother lives there. Um, would Stay on the line, and we'll get a response uh, from David Rubin, and maybe you'll finish formulating your question coming up. The Michael Medved Show. entertaining it's provocative it runs far deeper than our natural wisdom takes it and it's only on michaelmedved.com and uh, there's a particularly interesting medhead musing up there right now about lincoln and obama not that they have that much in common but uh, some of the attitudes toward these two presidents are deeply revealing uh you can Get access to this and all material relating to this show as a premium member of our website, as a medhead. Uh, find out about it. It costs about 25 cents a day. And uh, you can find out about it at uh, michaelmedved.com. M-E-D-V as in victory, E-D. Let's go back to uh, Ali in SeaTac, uh, Washington, who was posing a question for me and for our guest, David Rubin. Now, Ali, what exactly is your question? Oh, okay. Yeah, my question is, Michael, um, what would Israelis like Palestinians to do? Right? Are they ever going to allow this society? You can't just you can't just like a lot of people are saying now, mow them down, go in, clean them out. I mean, this talk of genocidal talk that's not going to work with the rest of the world. So my question is, do you and other Israelis? I'm sorry. Okay, do you and your guests? And, and Israelis would like to see a solution to Palestine, a society, a functioning society that has everything Israel has, including military, ever. Or are we ever going to, or is this going to, is this going to be, you know, some hostage people in the backyard of Israel, and Israel goes in every time they want and shoot whoever they want for the rest of God knows how long this thing is going to continue. Or is there ever going to be a solution to this? I mean, people. Okay, are okay, okay. Hold on. Let's let's get a response to David Rubin. And by the way, his response could very well be different from mine. But okay. let's let him I'd go like first. David. Yes. Well, for for a long time, uh, we've been talking about 
uh, solutions to this problem. You know, uh, up until uh, 1967, when when Israel won the Six Day War and uh, recaptured its heartland, uh, you know, with all all the biblical uh, historic places, and recaptured Jerusalem, the whole Jerusalem, and uh, up until that point. Nobody was talking about any kind of Palestinian people. Uh, there, there, there was never a country that, that was an independent sovereign nation called Palestine that had a common language, a common culture. Uh, that, but, but, but now, now in, in recent common years, culture, we're talking about that. Uh, excuse, excuse me, Ali, I'm trying to finish my answer. Okay. Uh, so, uh, excuse me. Uh, so, what, so what I was saying is that uh, the. So this has been going on for quite a number of years, and and the the Palestinian people were invented so that uh, the the Arab nations that were not uh, so that the Arab nations that were were having difficulty destroying the state of Israel and wiping it off the map uh, could could have a new approach. Now they would say, well, we're concerned about the plight of the Palestinians. They're they're, they're the underdogs. Um, and and that we we have to protect their legitimate rights, their national rights. Uh, well, uh, I, I don't know if you realize this, Ali, but uh, for uh, about well over a thousand years, uh, there was a sovereign Jewish nation called Israel in in the entire okay. land of Israel. D- David, and, be, uh, and, uh, David, because we don't really have time to to get into deep history. Propaganda history. Can I, stop! Can I stop! Something? Stop! Propaganda history. Can I uh, say something, Mike? Or are you going to let me? Are you I, I will let you say something, but I, I want to give you a direct response to your question. Okay? okay. And a direct response to your question is: It is the position of this Israeli government, the Netanyahu government, as it was of the uh, previous previous government of uh, Tsipi Livni and the previous government of Ehud well, Olmert. And all of the recent Israeli governments are committed to a two-state solution. Okay, the two-state solution, right? Correct. Netanyahu wants us a Palestinian, whatever, Arab. And you know, the propaganda I'm talking about... Okay, well, st- stop. I, I'm, look, I'm look, answering I'm your question. Now, do you want to respond to that? Some, I'm going to respond to that. But can I respond to your guest also? Because I'm saying the two-state solution that you're talking about, Netanyahu wants an Arab state... I'm just going to say Arab because I don't want to say Palestine because there's no such thing. No, no, you can say Palestinian because, okay. again, he people can call people. No Palestinian people. I mean, no, he didn't say there. he didn't say that. He said it was an invented identity, and he's right. And, uh, and by the way, Ali, let me ask you a question. You say it's propaganda. Can you name for me in all the long history of the Palestinian uh, people for these hundreds and Michael, thousands of years? A, Ali, let me ask you a question. Okay. Who is the most famous Palestinian king, prime minister? Emperor, Viceroy, Leader. Michael, up until the state of Israel was established, and look, I have no problem with a state of Israel, okay? Good. I have no problem with it existing. My problem is, up until until its existence, there was a huge people living in that area, right? Arabs as well as Jews, right? And Arabs had the religion and their culture, their religion, all that, tradition, everything there. The Jews had theirs, but you can't tell me there was no people there until... No, no, what I'm saying to you, Ali, and this is... by Ali, listen carefully. This is very, very important. And this is what David was saying, is that there are 23 Arab nations. 23. They're all officially Muslim, by the way, 
it used to be that uh, Lebanon was a predominantly Christian nation, not anymore. But all 23 Muslim Arab nations are indistinguishable in culture, except for little bits of local flavoring, from what people call the independent history of Palestine. And the point that David was making is not that Palestinian people don't exist. They exist. The the point was that they have not existed historically as any kind of nation-state. You cannot name for me a single king, ruler, prime minister, anything of Palestine that predates even the modern state of Israel. doesn't exist. Can I just say something about what you just, your answer that you gave me? Yes. Okay, Netanyahu wants a state now. Okay, forget about the past and the Bible and all that, okay? Because biblically, the, the, the land, the so-called... Okay, wait, we're not talking about the Bible, for goodness okay, sake. Ali, goes all the way down. You, Ali, you'll get to say what you want to say, but you have to say it right now. Go. Right now, I'm going to fo- focus like a laser beam. What Netanyahu right now does not want a militarized um, Palestinian state. Of course not, because this is not a group of people who have shown that they either want to or can live in peace with their neighbors. And by the way, not just their Jewish neighbors. We'll be right back with a few minutes more with David Rubin from uh, Israel. The Michael Medved Show. MichaelMedved.com do more for radio than what high definition will ever do for television. This is the Michael Medved Show. 55 minutes after the hour on the Michael Medved Show, David Rubin's book, Islamic Tsunami, is posted at our website at michaelmedved.com. He's a political commentator and a former mayor of the uh, beautiful community of Shiloh, Israel. Uh, David... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sorry to get so caught up with uh, calls about uh, I- Israeli and, uh, and and Arab history, but uh, I wanted to give you a chance to get a last word in here in terms of perspective about everything that's happening today and uh, what is likely to happen, particularly regarding the Iranian threat. David Rubin. Well, I think I think that we're we're really facing a crossroads here. Uh, where Israel is going to have to decide, well, how do we approach uh, the the changes in the Middle East and and how do we approach uh, the challenges that face us ahead? And and the, uh, the the there have been some serious changes in the Middle East. The the, the so-called Arab Spring, uh, which 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 I refer to as an Islamic tsunami. Uh, has has changed the face of the Middle East. We've had country after country being taken over by Islamic fundamentalists, and I I think that that has seriously changed the Middle East. So d- does Israel react to that by saying, uh, well, well, okay, we're we're going to quickly agree to cease fires. We're 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 not going to defend ourselves, uh, or d- does Israel say that? Uh, we're going to com- continue to combat the terrorism, 
and and to just understand that we have a bit of a greater challenge than we had before. Let's let's go if we can to Eric in Washington D.C. Eric, you're on the Medved Show with David Rubin. Hey Mike, how you doing? Doing well. Good. Hey Mike, you know I, I you know what bothers me with you know when you when people call your radio stations and say that mess about the president is it, it, you know is uh, is unfriendly to Israel. That, that's, I mean, where is that fact at? There's no fact that shows that. And, and it hurts me for you not to even state it. If you, you know, it, okay, it's by the way, Eric, I'm, I'm glad you called. I really am, because I, I almost said something. I know we did have a caller who said that Obama was anti-Israel. I don't think that's accurate. I don't believe that President that's Obama not. is anti-Israel. However, um, a, a lot of Israelis and friends of Israel were troubled particularly – uh, a year and a half ago with uh, some of his statements to the U.N. and some of his uh, uh, trying to lay down the conditions for negotiation. I think he's handled uh, foreign policy badly regarding the Middle East. However, I think every single Israeli and all friends of Israel appreciate the military cooperation that's been there, the help with Iron Dome. And let us see that uh, let us hope that President Obama and Secretary Clinton uh, can provide a helpful role in bringing security and quiet and peace out of this current crisis for this greatest nation on God's green earth.